to the Diabetes Revolution podcast with Dr. Sarah Townley, the type 2 diabetes coach, clinical pharmacist, and mom of six angels. You don't have to struggle and fight with your blood sugars for the rest of your life. I'm here to teach you the skills you need to control and even reverse this disease. There is such a thing as getting off your meds and creating a future free from diabetes, and you can have it too. Let's get down to business. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy because I'm finally feeling better after being sick for the last, I don't know, 11 days. Yeah, I got super sick. My little Imogene, who's about 15 months, keeps bringing me death from daycare. <laughs> um, you might be able to tell my voice is a little bit weird today, but you know what? I know you're waiting for that next episode, and I want to give it to you. So I'm going to show up today and share something that I know is probably one of the most important topics I could ever talk about on this podcast. And so I'm glad I'm getting it in here early within those first 10 episodes because this topic will literally change your life. I know every single one of you is going to be able to relate to seeing a blood sugar reading on your glucometer, and freaking out. (laughs) And a lot of us do this with not just our glucometers, but our scales, our blood pressure readings. Oh, who knows? We do this with so many different things. But if you have noticed that you tend to have a freak out when you see your blood sugar where in places you don't like it, like at numbers you don't like to see it, this episode is going to change how you experience seeing those numbers so that you can get your power back. So let's look at some examples. Let's say you go out with some friends and while you're ordering your food and enjoying all of that wonderful conversation and all those people that you love, you make some allowances. Uh, You say yes to some things that you probably or normally wouldn't. Maybe you actually indulged in some things that you normally never do. Whatever. You had a good time, and now you're kind of ready to face the music. It's bedtime. You're going to check your blood sugar. And sure enough, it comes back, and it's like 265. Okay? Now, depending on who you are listening to this podcast, 265 could mean all kinds of shades of different reactions, okay? But let's just say you see 265 and you freak out. You're like, oh, you get, you know, so angry or like I can't ever enjoy going out with my friends again. It's not fair. Maybe a little self-pity in there. I totally, te- like on default, self-pity. Um, You know, you start beating yourself up. Like, why did I do this? I shouldn't have ordered those things and eaten those things. Now I have to pay for it. Um, And then you might even be thinking about things like, I will never be able to enjoy food again. Woe is me, right? All of us can relate to that. Here's another example. Let's say you went to bed last night. Numbers looking okay, right? Feeling on track. Get up in the morning and blood sugar is 182. Or let's just say it's 123 for those of you who have really, really good control. And you feel confused. You're like, WTF? Where did this come from? Right? Um, You start feeling fear like, what's happening? I don't understand this. This doesn't seem right. You recheck your blood sugar. It is right. 
You just get so freaked out, right? And then you start feeling despair because it's like, what does this mean? Does this mean I'm never going to get better? Does this mean that I'm getting sicker and there's nothing I can do about it? What does this mean? And you just kind of live in this place of fear. Or, you know, one of the things that really is scary is to wake up in the morning in the middle of the night, let's say, and have a very low blood sugar. Like, let's say it was 56 and you feel bad. Like, maybe you even felt bad first and then you checked it and it was 56. Whatever, it's 56. Freak out, right? Freak out, eat all the things that you can find, check it again, and now it's 309. And you freak out again because why is this happening? This isn't fair. Like, you feel just like on a roller coaster and your life has just been hijacked by this disease and you feel... Like you can't ever not think about your blood sugars and it becomes this obsession where you're always wanting to know what it is and you're freaking out constantly about these numbers that you don't want to see. This is no way to live, okay? But it's really common for people with type 2 diabetes and type 1 diabetes to live a life that is focused on, fixated on, and terrorized by blood sugar readings. So take a deep breath, right? Let's just take a deep breath breath because I'm going to show you how to interrupt this. Hold it. Let it out. I want you to notice how taking one deep breath can powerfully change the energy in your body. Okay, just put that in your back pocket. See, we think that that number on the glucometer is what is causing us to freak out, what is causing our suffering and driving that reaction, and then those actions that we take when we're feeling that way. We think it's the number that is causing that. Now, this topic can actually break your brain a little bit when you see how what I'm going to teach you applies to so much that happens in your life, okay? So, but we're going to be very focused on talking about it in the context of interpreting your blood sugar readings, But I'm going to take your brain, after I teach you all of this, I'm going to take your brain back to, before we end this podcast, the fact that you can apply what I'm going to teach you to anything that is happening in your life that you think is causing your suffering. Because here is the truth. Nothing that is happening outside of you, no blood sugar reading, can cause you to feel, to freak out, to feel terrible. Because there's actually a step that happens in between the seeing that number and feeling the freak out. And that is in your control because it's your thoughts. Your interpretation of that number is actually what is causing you to feel angry, to feel hopeless, to feel self-pity, whatever it is that you feel when you freak out in all these different situations, that experience, that emotion is being driven by your interpretation of that number. Your glucometer is not responsible for your emotional life. See, there's data and then there's drama. The number on your glucometer does not mean anything until you have a thought about it. So instead of checking your blood sugar, your BS, I want you 
to check your BS. Okay. And I mean, isn't that funny? I just came up with that. (laughs) I want you to check your BS at the door instead of checking your blood sugar. Okay. See, you know your thoughts about that number are not serving you if you are having a negative emotion in reaction to seeing it. See, humans by design take action from our feelings and we avoid taking actions that feel bad to us. Okay? And so if you're having a bad feeling when you check your blood sugar, your brain is designed to guide you to avoid that activity. So for some of you who've had this experience over time, may not even want to check your blood sugar. You may have be you may have been avoiding it for a long time because you don't know what those numbers mean. You don't know what to do with those numbers and they're terrible. It's like you might have the thought no matter what I do, my blood sugars are always high. Or I don't understand these numbers and they I don't know how to control them. And so why would you keep doing that if you have that experience over and over again? Humans avoid things that feel bad and we do repeat things that feel good to us. Okay, so let's just do a quick recap of what I just taught you because it is actually life-changing. Your circumstance, those numbers on that glucometer, cannot cause you to freak out. Okay, they are not the actual cause of the freak out. Your circumstance is neutral. It doesn't mean anything. That number on that glucometer does not mean anything until you have a thought about it. Okay, so you have a thought about that number that actually causes the experience of a freak out. Maybe freaking out for you is a feeling, and maybe it's actually your action. Freaking out, yelling, screaming, throwing a fit, that could be an action, right? Anyhow, you see that number, you have a thought about it, and you feel some feelings. And from that place that you feel, you take action, or you take inaction, like you don't do anything. Some of us get stuck and we don't take any action when we're feeling overwhelmed, afraid, whatever it is that isn't serving us. And do you know what we create from that model, from that sequence? We usually do not create results that we actually want in our lives because our thoughts are producing a reality for us. And if we have a goal and we wanna reach that goal, Living in the place of freaking out on your blood sugars is not going to drive you to create a result that is in alignment with a goal that you have when it comes to your health, okay? So your thoughts are actually optional. Here's an example. You could have a blood sugar of 115 and you could experience this, like person one might experience a blood sugar of 115 as scary, Person two could experience it as awesome, right? Maybe they've been rolling in the 200s and it's great to see a 115. Or you could see, you know, person three could experience a 115 as totally neutral, like, oh, par for the course, nothing new here, totally what I thought it was going to be, okay? So how is it that 115 could produce three different results in three different people or three different experiences? Well, it comes down to how that person is thinking about that number. 
Okay, and so what that means is that your thoughts are optional. You could interpret that same blood sugar reading differently um, to create a different experience for you that is productive, that is proactive, that is, you know, something that builds a skill. It just depends on what you choose to think about it. This is the best news ever because you, once you become aware of your thoughts, you can change them, you can pick them, okay? Now, the caveat is, is you must believe the thoughts that you're picking because if you don't believe them, they won't generate a feeling for you and an action from the feeling that is productive, okay? So let's just, let me just break it down and show you how to apply this information, So let's say you check your blood sugar and you see that number and you notice that you're feeling bad, whatever it is, okay? And you notice that. And then you kind of get curious about, well, geez, like this sucks, right? I wonder why I'm thinking or what I'm thinking about this that makes me feel bad about it, okay? And when you ask that question, it's like, why am I feeling bad about this number? You will get your thoughts. You will get to see or take a peek into how your mind has been operating on default, reacting to neutral data that doesn't mean anything until you have a thought about it. So when you get to see those thoughts, what you would normally think in response to that, I want you to also get curious about what would I do from this place? What actions would I take from here normally? Because then you can see the full circle of how you've been living in that place on default. Now, once you can see that clearly and you gain that awareness, most of us will change. I believe awareness is like 80% of the work, okay? But the next step would be to consciously move into an intentional thought process, Instead, so you might ask yourself, I know what I normally do on default, you know, with this number, but what could I think about this that would feel neutral to me? Okay, because it may be hard for you to get to interpreting that number in a way that feels positive to you, but maybe it's you could, like, for example, you could think, well, you know, it's not my goal, but it's a lot closer than I was last month. Okay. That could be something you believe, like this is a lot better than I was doing. Or you could even think something like, huh, that's really interesting. It's not what I was expecting. I wonder what happened here. If you ask that question in response to seeing that number, it would invite a feeling of like curiosity maybe for you. And what would you do from that place? You'd probably start problem solving, thinking, piecing together the events that created that number and starting to reveal to yourself an explanation of how you got there, which is incredibly valuable to know and wouldn't have happened if you'd stayed in freakout mode, right? See how valuable this can be? So if you can feel the feeling that's neutral or positive, then you want to make a decision of what you want to do what action you want to take from this place. Let's look at an example of this. Let's say you decided to order something at a restaurant that you weren't sure about, that you thought might work, like a BLT sandwich. 
okay? And you were only gonna use one piece of bread and use the lettuce as this the top, okay? So let's say you went ahead and had a BLT sandwich and it was delicious, you enjoyed it, and then when you went home to check your blood sugar, you found out that even though it was just one piece of bread, you went sky high, higher than you normally ever want to see. Say you were in like 200, uh, high 200s. And you looked at that number and you thought, like normally, right, on default, you'll be like, WTF, I only had one piece of bread. This, is, this isn't fair. What am I going to do? I'm never going to be able to eat bread again. How am I ever going to have sandwiches again? And just freak out and stay stuck there and not take any action that's actually productive. Okay, you just beat yourself up, feel restricted, and then think about your future in a very dismal, uninviting way. But instead of doing that, because you notice that's what your brain wants to do, you think, okay, BLT with one slice of bread did not work out for me. (laughs) Darn it, right? Um, I wonder what I would do instead in order to avoid a spike next time. Like, what could I have ordered on that menu instead? What could I have done instead with this? Um, like you could have turned it into a salad or your brain just starts problem solving. The action you take from that place is to decide, do you ever want to have bread again? If you don't, what do you want to do instead? And then just forgive yourself for having made a mistake, but then commend yourself from learning from that mistake. See, every obstacle, every spike in your blood sugar is actually an opportunity to learn something about your body. Like your body is giving you data. It's giving you information about what it does and does not like. And when you freak out, you miss the opportunity to get that message. Instead of freaking out and burying your head in the sand... Or some of us will even go overeat in response to this or do something destructive and sabotaging. Instead of doing that, you could train your mind through awareness to get into a space that actually builds your skill set so that you can create a lifestyle in the future that gets you to your goals. This is what I call managing your mind managing our minds. I manage my mind too all the time around all the different emotions that I have every day. If learning to live with diabetes has felt to you like a living nightmare, I invite you to examine how you have created that experience from your mind, from your thoughts, and then your resulting feelings. How are you terrorizing yourself with your glucometer? I want to give you a really mind-blowing example. One of my clients recently who reversed her diabetes to the point now where she, it's, you know, it's too low, like it's in the fours and she wants to be more like around five. She was eating quite a few carbs, like she'd incorporated carbs that were to a point for her that felt very uncomfortable, Okay, like she was at a place in her lifestyle in the past where she ate no carbs and she fasted and she was on a ketogenic lifestyle, always in ketosis. And then she began weightlifting and weight training and seeing that her blood sugars could stay normal even though she was eating rice or fruit in much larger quantities than she ever thought was possible, cornbread, like lots of different carbs that she didn't believe she would ever be able to have again. And In that process, she was 
feverishly checking her blood sugars, expecting terrible news. She was getting good data. Blood sugars were looking awesome, stellar, but yet her experience was really unpleasant. She was feeling scared and feeling, what's that feeling, like anticipating doom? <laughs> like she was going to have punishment or like, you know, is going to get into trouble. Like that was her experience because she didn't understand that she was, instead of, you know, managing her, her mind with the high blood sugars, now she has normal blood sugars, but she still has to manage her mind around them because her mind is addicted to feeling fear and worry about her blood sugars. And so it's just recreating that experience for her with normal blood sugar readings by having default thinking that catastrophizes all of her readings. Isn't that fascinating? Like, I really want you to understand that this skill of learning how to manage your experience by managing your thinking is something that will serve you and be important for you for the rest of your life. And I told you I was going to do this, but I'm going to bring you to the even wider application of this. Guess what are also neutral circumstances? Guess what else is does not mean anything until you have a thought about it? Pretty much everything that's happening in your external environment. Like those words your coworker said to you that made you feel annoyed or the mess that your kids made in your house. All of these different things are just neutral experiences or facts that don't mean anything until you have a thought about it. Now let that sink in. Every time you have a negative emotion is because of your interpretation of an event or data. That is powerful information. And so I want to also remind you that If you're having a terrible experience of living your life with diabetes, it does not have to be this way. It doesn't have to feel this bad. I can teach you how to manage your mind. And in my group program, you get live coaching with me where I can help you see why you aren't taking the actions that you really want to take, why this feels so hard to you, and how to reach your goals faster and with low, so much less suffering, because you deserve it. You don't have to suffer to ask for help. You can just come work with me <laughs> and give yourself the permission to get the support you need in a community of people just like you. All right, I'm going to give you a recipe just to wrap this up. One of my favorites is filet mignon, you guys. And you guys might think, oh, I can't afford filet mignon. Okay, I have a hack. Now, not everybody may have access to this, but for those of you who do, whoopee, when I go to Winco, which is a chain food store that opened in Billings just a couple years ago, Winco sells beef tenderloins and they sell them for dirt cheap. They sell them for like 30 bucks. And a $30 beef tenderloin, I can cut up and serve to my family in two meals of filet mignon steaks. And I have a big family, right? I have six kids. That's right. (laughs) So we grill up those filet mignons with butter. And you can do like garlic infused butter even. Mm Mm-mm right? But I freeze half of them and I make filet mignon for my family and I serve it with anything. I serve it with Caesar salad, even out of the bag from Costco. It is so good. My kids love it. Um, 
Another recipe that I have recently been loving has been cauliflower. It's like garlic Parmesan cauliflower steaks. Okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm about to give you this present, so you're welcome. (laughs) But you can take cauliflower head and slice it into big fat steaks, and you can roast it at high heat, flip it so that it gets browned on both sides, and cover it in garlic olive oil with all kinds of herbs and spices sprinkled with Parmesan cheese. And I am telling you, you may want to eat the whole pan. And your family might think it's gross until they take a bite, and then they will eat the whole pan. So enjoy that, and I will see you. Oh, I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can get that same recipe I used last time. Um, And until next time, I will see you guys next week. High five for tuning in with me today. You are getting smarter and stronger when you show up for yourself this way. You can get more free tools to help you control type 2 diabetes on my website, sarahtownley.com. And if you're serious about ending your struggle with diabetes, join my membership, The Diabetes Revolution, where you work with me in a community of people just like you. See you on the next episode.